Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Friday, July 29th, 2022, and this episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability and totals using hitter and pitcher projections I've created along with weather data in order to make one side pick and one total pick on every game that's played Monday through Sunday, though there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain what the model or I like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. As I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so it'll give you our loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, yesterday, I just hit all the bad luck. Um, lost a couple one-run games, lost a couple games in the ninth. Uh, the, the Royals-Yankees, you know, Yankees have one hit through eight innings. Royals can't score or lose in a walk-off. Uh, the Cubs are a great pick yesterday. Uh, I tweeted about this. I don't know if y'all saw it. Pop fly to the third baseman to start off whatever the second or third inning or something like that. And uh, third baseman drops it. And they get three runs at inning, all with two outs. Uh, you take that away, Cubs win two to one. So, I mean, it happens. Um, we'll have a day that the other direction happens and we'll just get all the good luck. Uh, hopefully that's today. It's always more fun when you get the good luck and the bad luck, but we always have to understand that's going to happen. That's why I say that little spiel every day. Um, sometimes it's bad luck. Sometimes it's good, you know, good process. Just the results don't happen, right? Remember, we're talking about if they were to play the game 10 times, 100 times, what we think will happen in general. But in one game, anything can happen. So that's why I always just always try to just preach, you know, good bankroll management. Days like yesterday are going to happen. And hopefully we will bounce back strong today. It's a better luck on our side. It's always a more enjoyable evening when that happens than the ones like last night. Before we get to today's slate, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And the only way is when you turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a friend if you're others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment from YouTube. I love those and try to respond to as many as I can. And again, a reminder, we've partnered with Horse Racing Today. For those of you who like to bet on some horse racing, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They're a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. There isn't an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. And today, their favorite play is back at Saratoga. They're at, their, their favorite is race seven. So check out their shows on YouTube. Check out the website. All those links are in the description. Today, no day games. We'll start us off. There's two games here at this 6.40 p.m. Eastern slot. The first is Mets at the Marlins. Chris Bassett versus Sandy Alcantara. Uh, you know, our boy Sandy here is fantastic. Uh, I don't know what else to say about him. We've talked about him a lot this season. The, the, the key here is I think in general he's kind of overvalued. As good as he is, uh, I just think the prices are way out of whack. He he can't score any runs for that team, and that's obviously a big problem for that offense. They won't have as an easy of a time scoring now that they aren't facing the Reds' bullpen. They're facing Chris Bassett and a, and a good Mets bullpen. I don't think the Marlins are going to be able to score many runs. The other thing about Sandy is that he his advanced metrics, the FIP, the XFIP, the XERA, all those things are about a run, maybe a little more than a run higher 
than his ERA. So as good as he is, I don't expect him to be able to continue at the sub two ERA all season. That doesn't mean he won't have a good outing tonight, but I think in general, I think he's just a little bit overvalued. We saw it last night with Otani as good as he is losing to the Rangers. And he is a guy that can actually provide himself some runs. I think the Mets are just a much better team and Bassett's a pretty good pitcher himself, obviously not great, but I think he's a, maybe a tiny bit better than that 372 ERA. Mets just light years ahead with regards to offense in this game. I think the Mets at minus 114 makes a lot of sense. The model says minus 125. I'm giving it a C grade for a couple of reasons. Number one, B grade money lines have been, if you take out B grade money lines, this season's gone extremely well for us. It's just those picks, I don't know why they've been so terrible. This would probably fall around a B grade. I'm dropping it to a C grade a little bit because, again, those haven't worked well. And so, in general, I don't think it's crazy to say let's scale back those type plays. If they start hitting, then that's great. We're still going to make some money. And if they continue questionably, I don't quite understand why struggling, then we've lost less on them. So, uh, scaling it back from a B grade to a C grade. Also, as much as I say I think Sandy's overvalued, that doesn't mean he's not a fantastic pitcher and can't win this game almost single-handedly. So it's one that I don't want to fade him too much, especially at minus odds. But I think minus 114 is a pretty good price. So I think if you have a little bit more confidence than I do in this Mets team, I don't think it's crazy to go full unit on this Mets squad at minus 114. Again, Bassett's a pretty good pitcher himself. With regards to the total, I think it's priced perfectly. The model says 6.4. I think that's right. I would make this six. I would make this six and a half, just like the books have done. Minus 120. I'll take a flyer on the under, but like I said, I think this total market's priced perfectly. I don't want to go over six and a half given these two pitchers and given how bad the Mets often, I mean, the Marlins offense is, especially facing good pitching as opposed to facing the Reds pitchers. I don't think I can recommend going over, but under six and a half is not a play you can get really excited about unless it's a situation where you're in maybe an extreme pitcher's park and or if the Mets offense wasn't as good as it is. If this was the Tigers offense, if this was the A's offense, if you're playing in Oakland, if you're playing in Tampa, Maybe it's a different story if it's, you know, if it's at City Field and it's 55 degrees outside, maybe. But I mean, you know, you've got mostly a neutral-ish park there in Miami uh, and a decent Mets offense. I can't get that excited about under six and a half. I think the total market's priced right. To me, it's a complete stay away. But I think there is some value here on the Mets as short road favorites. The other game at the slot Orioles at the Reds start off around 80 degrees there in Cincinnati. We're going to close in the upper or maybe the lower 70s winds will be blowing out almost 10 miles an hour to start dying down as the night goes on it's a little bit more hitter friendly at the start of the night than at the end of the night of course a massively hitter friendly ballpark in cincinnati we're projecting dean Kremer at this point as of the time of this recording there's no lines out yet um obviously if that changes then uh, I'll, I'll update the sheet and tweet out What's going on there? If it is Dean Kremer, he's the guy whose turn it would be against Mike Miner. You do have a a solid edge here, starting pitcher-wise, for the Orioles. Kremer, probably not as good as that 306 ERA. Probably trails, his advancements are trailed by about a run. Still an average starting pitcher. Mike Miner, of course, anything but average, continues to struggle this year. 665 ERA, and the advanced metrics aren't that much better, so maybe a half run better. But he has not looked good. His rating continues to drop. He's getting a little bit of a boost still from historical data, but that's starting to fade really quickly. And he's really trending towards one of the worst starting pitchers in baseball in the database. And that's kind of how he's looked. He's looked terrible. 
Orioles are a team that's playing really well. I tweeted about this yesterday. I really hope this team doesn't sell. They're a fun team to watch. Um, they've been winning. I, I think we're all, unless you're, unless you have a reason to root against them, you know, you're the guardian, you're a guardians fan, uh, maybe a, a twins fan in, in, in the midst of that wild card race. Right. Um, with them, you know, obviously the twins are, you know, doing better in the central, but I think it caught there. Maybe they want a little more cushion for the wild card. If you're a, a Rays fan, if you're a Jays fan, I guess, right. Maybe you're not rooting for the Orioles, but otherwise I think most of us are rooting for this team. And so I really hope they keep it together this weekend. Um, I think the Orioles win this game. I've got them at a minus 153 favorite. Um, so if, if, if we can get a price in the minus 130s on them, if we get a price like minus 130, it'd be an A grid and the Orioles would be very comfortable playing a little bit of a price with them. I think their offense is still better than the Reds. I think their relievers are light years better than the Reds. So they'll have a massive edge uh, every inning on the mound in this game. Even if we call their offenses a wash, um, I still think the Orioles have such a big pitching edge. I think they can go on the road and get this get this win. And then the other thing is that the Orioles project a little bit better lefty-righty splits in this game than the Reds do. So they get a boost facing minor, whereas the Reds get a little bit of a ding facing Krimmer, assuming it is him. So I like the Orioles here. Uh, like I said, it's an A grade pick if you're getting something around minus 130 for sure. Probably anything even in the mid minus 130s would still be an A grade for me. And the model says the total should be 10. I'd really love to get over nine. That would be an A grade play. If it's like yesterday at nine and a half, it's probably still worth the over yesterday's got there as well. That Reds bullpen, as we talk about, every once in a while they look good, but for the most part, they still are pretty terrible. And so I still would go over nine and a half, but I don't like it nearly as much as if we can get over nine. That would be an A-grade play in my book. 705 Eastern first pitch, Cardinals at the Nationals. About 80 degrees to start, mid-70s to close in this one. A chance of rain, something to keep an eye out there. Might have a little bit of a delay there in Washington. Hopefully we can avoid that fate. No wind effect as it'll stay mostly across and mostly under five miles an hour. Miles Michaelis versus Annabelle Sanchez. A massive starting pitcher edge here for the Cardinals. Michaelis, not as good as that 287 year. I've been talking about that a lot this season. Advanced metrics trail it by about a run. Still a good pitcher, though, above average, just because he's probably not as good as that 287 ERA. There's not a lot of pitchers in the league that are as good as a 287 ERA. Um, the results might be there just because of some small sample size and some good luck and are pitching in a, you know, uh, favorable situations. But uh, Michaelis, good, maybe not great, um, but still much better than Sanchez with a 630 ERA. The advanced metrics do say it should be about a full run better. Of course, it's only in 10 innings. The biggest thing is Sanchez has been fairly shaky for a while now. He's had some signs of life every once in a while, but a guy you can't really trust at this point. And so I like Michaelis more than Sanchez. I like the Cardinals offense more than I like the Nats offense. Both bullpens can be kind of up and down. Um, neither one rate out very well in my database at this point. The Cardinals bullpen really dropping off. Um, recently, um, model says Cardinals minus 172. I'll take the Cardinals minus 171 just with a lean. I think the Cardinals are the right side here. I don't think that price is too steep. So I think it's worth maybe an investment, but only a small one. Cause I don't think there's enough value here to get excited about personally at minus 171. If this was in the minus 160s, you like it a little bit more. If it's in the minus 150s, it turns into an A grade, but minus 171, it's a side I'd rather be on. I don't want any part of this nationals team if I can avoid them. Um, but it's just not a, a good enough value, in my opinion, to invest more than just 
a lean-worthy pick. But I do love this over 9 at minus 103. It's an A-grade play. The model says 9.2. And I love that we're around even odds on this one. I love the push protection at 9. Two most likely outcomes in this game are 9 and 10. One of them we push, one of them we win. So I think over 9 makes a lot of sense here, especially if you're around that even money mark. If this is minus 110 instead, though, that probably drops to a B-grade in my book. So as long as the odds are good, I like this A-grade over nine here as I think the Cardinals offense should not have any problem scoring a ton of runs tonight and at some point the Nats probably put up something um, as long as they don't get shut out give us a little bit of extra boost the Cardinals should score enough to help us get at least to nine into that push and like I said a good chance to win here in my opinion 705 first pitch Phillies at the Pirates a wild one last night Phillies got up eight nothing looked like they needed every run they were going to get just to get us head over I think the Pirates scored five runs in the ninth to make it eight to seven final in that one uh, a wild game there yesterday uh today a little bit of a different story as we don't have quite the starting pitcher mismatch um as we did yesterday that pirates offense though continues to look mostly pretty terrible other than against the bottom pitchers there for the phillies and brown reynolds still being expected to be out uh, hurts them even more but they do have the better starting pitcher tonight in Jose Quintana uh, versus Bailey Falter, who's a guy I don't trust at all. So, I mean, the Pirates have a massive edge there with regards to the starter. Of course, the issue is the Phillies have a better offense. Even though I don't love the Phillies offense, it's still much better than the Pirates. And the Phillies bullpen, as much as it imploded yesterday, had been pitching really well for the most part. It's not going to let one game really throw us off here. And that Pirates bullpen is terrible. So it's a coin toss type game, in my opinion. Model says Philly should be a minus 108 favorite, so I'll take the Pirates at plus 108 with a lean. I don't think there's a lot of value, but at plus odds on the Pirates, I don't think it's crazy at home with Quintana going again against a guy like Falter, who I just do not trust whatsoever. It's just not enough, again, to get me excited. If this was in the plus 110s, maybe it's a little better of a play. If it's up to plus 120, now you can start getting really excited about the value here, again, in a coin toss type game. Quintana can absolutely keep the Pirates in this game and give them the win. And he's going to have to because, again, that's the only edge the Pirates have other than being at home. But I like Quintana. I think his ERA is pretty reflective of how good he is. Not great, but solid. Little resurgence here in his career to, you know, hopefully for him finish out his career strong. He looks solid. A falter, a guy who actually underlying metrics are worse than his 518 ERA. So, again, I cannot underscore how much it's about the pitching mismatch. You can look first five. My issue with first five is that I'm assuming that the odds are going to be kind of stacked against you because everyone else knows the same thing we do. So it's not like I think there's an extra edge there because everyone else knows that Quintana is the only thing the Pirates have going for them in this game and that Falter's not very good. So I, like I said, I just, I, my fear is with first five, you're probably having to lay decent odds with the Pirates. And at some point, I'm not sure how much that makes sense because they still have a terrible offense. But if you're not having a like too big of a price, maybe a first five market, something that's worth worth your while because even the Pirates bullpen is terrifying. But I think Katana gives them a chance. I'll take take a flyer there at plus 108. And I'll take the over. Again, I'll let the plus odds here at plus 105. But otherwise, I think eight and a half is the right number. Model says 8.6. I would just have this at eight and a half, maybe at minus 115 on the over rather than plus 105, maybe minus 110. Um, and so knowing that I think it should be minus 110, minus 115, and we're getting plus 105. I think there's a little bit of value there. I'll take the over. But again, I'm not that excited about it. Uh, knowing how bad the Pirates' offense is, it, it, throws a, it throws a wrench in trying to handicap this game because Falter is bad enough that the Pirates can score a few runs, but the Pirates' offense is 
bad enough, they may not score. So I don't really know what type of game to expect here. It's one of those, um, you know, weakness on weakness type situations. And so I think that makes the total market a little bit tougher to peg in this one. And like I said, I think expected value wise, I think they've pegged it pretty well. So again, I think the Pirates at plus odds may be your best investment. Just hopefully we can get, you can get something a little bit better than plus 108. Like I said, plus 108's not a bad price, but like I said, it's not exciting at all. 705 Eastern first pitch Royals at the Yankees. Talked about this already, how the Royals just could not get it done last night. Tonight will be a low 80-degree game to start and an upper 70-degree game to close. Some rain in the area, so something to keep an eye on there. Might have a little bit of a delay. Nothing that looks like it's a problem, but it could throw a wrench a little bit in some of the timing of this one. Winds will be blowing out 5 to 10 miles an hour for the entire game. Chris Bubik versus Garrett Cole, obviously a massive starting pitcher edge for the Yankees. I don't think that's news to anybody. Both of these guys, ERAs, fairly reflective of who they are. Uh, Bubich may be a little bit better than that 5.53 ERA, but not by a ton. Again, massive edge there to the Yankees, massive edge to the Yankees' bullpen, massive edge to the Yankees' offense, and the Yankees are at home. Everything points to the Yankees in this one. I just can't get behind a price of minus 365 for the Yankees. To me, it's Royals or pass, and if you pass, I don't think that's crazy, but you think about a game like last night where we had the Royals you know, plus 200, basically, and they had a real good chance to win that game. I think tonight's even less likely, obviously, based off the odds, but baseball's weird. Anything can happen. We never would have expected the Astros to get swept by the A's. We never would have expected the Nats to win the first two in Washington early, just earlier this week. Minus 365 is bonkers. I just think that's a horrible investment. I think you're adding such little payout that is not worth your time. And I feel the same thing with the run line because the Yankees could easily win this game by one, just like they did last night. And what are you having to lay? You know, minus 190 or something crazy for them to have to win by more than one. In a situation where the Yankees don't care if they win by more than one, if they win by one or by 10, it's still a win for them. And so I just don't think the Yankees are worth the investment. Like I said, it's Royals or pass. Pass makes a lot of sense. But I think baseball is random enough that plus 323 is just a lot of value. Anything can happen. The Royals probably lose. But if they play this game, you know, if they play this game 100 times, the the Royals win this one maybe 25-ish of those 100. They still lose a lot of them, right? But they win enough times that plus 323 makes a lot of sense. The model says that the Royals can win 26% of the time. That says it should be the price of 280 Plus 323 just offers too much value to pass up on. But since I don't really think the Royals win, I don't want to be over-invested. If we bet one unit on it, we win over three. So there's no need to bet too much on this one. Just take a flyer on the Royals if you're interested and you want something crazy to happen. Otherwise, like I said, I just cannot endorse any play whatsoever on the Yankees. There's just not enough value. And it's just not, like I said, I think there's other places to put your capital tonight. The Yankees probably win, but in the weird world that they don't, You've lost way more than you're actually going to win in those situations where they do win. I do like this under, though, at 8.5. It is juiced at minus 117. It's a B grade, though. The model says 8.3. And I really think the Royals are going to have a hard time scoring. They haven't scored in about a year and a half, it feels like. I think the Royals' chance in this one is a low-scoring game. I don't see them scoring off a Cole. I don't see them scoring off the Yankees' bullpen. As much as the Yankees' bullpen takes a little bit of a ding with King out, the Yankees' bullpen is still pretty solid. I don't see the Royals scoring. Yankees probably get a few runs, but I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I just can't give it an A grade knowing that the Royals relievers, if they're too prominently involved, could spell bad things. So obviously the Yankees could blow this one out. But given that I don't think the Royals score much, I think it's a low-scoring game. 
I don't think it's an anybody can win game. I just think the Royals win enough of uh, there's enough low scoring times, and the Royals win enough of those that it's worth the investment. I think under makes a lot of sense. Like I said, B grade play here for me there. I think it can stay low scoring. Maybe the Royals have a chance, and if they don't, again, I think it's still worth a flyer just because the payout is so enticing. Similar story here in Toronto, 705 Eastern first pitch, Tigers at the Blue Jays. Brian Garcia will get the ball for the Tigers here. He doesn't make it into my database as a starting pitcher, so I'm not expecting much from him there with regards to length or quality. Tigers relievers are solid. Alec Manoa for the Blue Jays, of course, pretty good. Not as good as that 224 area. I feel like I've said this a lot with him. His underlying metrics trail by over a run. So a guy that in general, I think probably not as good as those numbers. He should have a decent time tonight, though. This Tigers offense is mostly terrible. So while I don't think it's as good as that ERA, he should have some success tonight. <laughs> the Tigers offense just isn't very good. But I think it's the same story as we have in New York. I think the Tigers at plus 310 makes a lot of sense. It's Tigers or pass. The model says Blue Jays should be a 255 favorite. So price like 350. Same story as the Yankees. Just not worth the investment. Not worth it on the run line. Not worth it anywhere. Because, again, you're you, if you get even money type odds on a play because you've gone to an, an alternate total or whatever, it's a situation where I don't think you're 50-50 to hit it. And if you end up laying these odds where it's like, yeah, the Blue Jays probably win, I just don't think they win enough times to warrant it. Baseball's random, weird things happen. The Blue Jays probably win, but I just cannot endorse a play on them whatsoever because, again, weird things happen. And it's it's like we talked about like with the Nats-Dodgers earlier this week, right? And, and I had the Nats, I think, on Tuesday. That's what I was saying. I was like, the price on the Dodgers is too high. They probably win, but – sometimes they're going to lose this game. And when they do, you've lost like your whole week's worth of investment on the Dodgers because you've lost so much on that one game. And that's the thing here is the Blue Jays probably win. But if they lose, you'd have to win money on the Blue Jays like the rest of the weekend just to get back to break even, right? That's not a position you want to be in. So I'll take a flyer on the tires at plus 310. Again, I don't think they win. I just think the payout's worth a tiny investment. But I love this over eight. It is juiced at minus 127. If it gets to eight and a half, it drops to a B grade, unless you're at plus odds. Model says 8.6. I just love the fact that we have this push protection eight. I think we can get to eight. I think our most likely outcomes here are eight, nine, and 10. And so even though I am paying the premium on that uh, over, I think it's worth the investment. Obviously seven is possible, but again, I think 10 is probably slightly more likely than seven. It's a hitter-friendly ballpark. Blue Jays offense is good. Manoa, again, I think it's a little bit overvalued. I think he's going to give up something to this Tigers offense. Probably not, you know, I don't think he's going to give up five runs necessarily, but I think he'll give up something. I think he's just a little bit overvalued. Blue Jays relievers can be kind of shaky. If the Blue Jays run away with this game, which is on the table, then at that point we see weaker relievers, maybe some garbage runs. I think there's a lot of ways we win this one. So I really like this over eight here in Toronto. 7-10 Eastern first pitch, Guardians at the race. Shane Bieber versus Jeffrey Springs. Springs, not a bad pitcher, 250 ERA, but the advanced metrics trail by a full run. He's a guy you don't really know exactly how deep he's going to go in this game, and that's going to mean he turns it over to a set of relievers at Tampa that are just kind of okay at best. They can kind of mix and match and kind of get the most out of their guys, but it's not a relief core that you feel overly confident in their offense isn't anything special. Not that the Guardians offense is anything special either, but Shane Bieber is. I think the wrong team's favorite in this game. 
It's an eight-grade play for me on the Guardians, plus 105. Model says Guardians minus 139. So I just think there's a lot of value here on the Guardians, plus money, even at even money. Um, even if you're laying a short price, I still think it's an A-grade. I think the Guardians can go on the road and win this behind the Beebs. Total-wise, model says 6.8. I'll take the under seven, but I think it's priced really well at minus 120 on the juice there. If the total was six and a half, I probably would go over. I think seven's a very likely scenario here. I think six is your next most likely scenario. I'm just not excited about minus 120 odds. If this was, you know, even money, it's probably a B-grade play. Maybe even at minus 105, it's a B-grade play. But I'm not excited about minus 120 in a situation here where I think seven's fairly close to the right number. I think it should be shaded a little bit under but again, that's kind of how they've priced it. So I think they've done a really good job pricing this game. Not one where I think there's a lot of value total-wise. Same for the 10 Eastern first pitch. Brewers at the Red Sox. Mid-80s to start, low-80s to close. One's blowing out. Stronger to start than to finish. More around 10 miles an hour to start. More around 5 to finish. Brandon Woodruff versus Brian Bellow. Woodruff, a good pitcher. 373 ERA. Advanced metrics like him even more than that. He gets an 80 grade. Bello in his three starts. I'm going to completely ignore the ERA and say the advanced metrics say his ERA should be in the low fours. Um, he's done okay. Um, he gets a 95 grade in the model, maybe just a little bit above average. He obviously has a lot of potential. Probably not going to realize it all this year. But an okay starting pitcher. The biggest thing with this Brewers offense is they're so hit or miss. And we saw it two days ago against the Twins, how I, I faded the Brewers even though Corbin Burns was pitching and Burns gave up a few runs that twins offense. And I think this is kind of a similar setup. The difference there is that the Brewers just went off and just started hitting home runs like crazy. And that's obviously on the table with this Brewers team. They just rely so much on that home run when they don't get it. Things go really South for them. I'm a little bit nervous backing the Brewers at some of these prices that I've seen of them lately. I don't think they're that good. Backed them a little bit at home against the Rockies made sense for a couple of those games and we got some winners. But then by the end of that series, it was almost like the, the tables had kind of turned and the Brewers all of a sudden got some respect that I don't quite think they deserve. So we went with the Rockies in that last game of that series on Monday and that got us the win. I, I just don't quite understand this price here for the Brewers on the road to be a minus 161 favorite. I think Woodruff is good, but I don't really see one area where the Brewers have a massive edge. I think they have a solid edge with regards to the starting pitcher, and they have a solid edge maybe at the back end of the bullpen, but overall bullpen depth, unless you can guarantee me seven innings from Woodruff, which obviously he might do, but unless you can guarantee me seven, there's going to be some Brewers pitcher here that's not very good. It's all small edges. I think their offense is you know, still a little bit better than the Red Sox, but it, there's no like massively big edge. I think the Brewers should be favored in this game. But on the road, I just can't see a price like minus 161 that implies that they win this game something in the low 60% of the time. And that just seems like way too much, in my opinion here. I've got them winning this 54.4% of the time. It implies a line of 119. It's an A-grade pick for me on the Red Sox at plus 148. This Red Sox team is very confusing. Who knows what the heck you're going to get out of them? And that's kind of what I'm hoping for at plus 148. If they lose big, I don't really care. A small loss, a big loss doesn't really matter. It's still a loss, but they might come out and win. And a plus 148, it's just insanely good value for me. So it's an A-grade pick on the Red Sox. I'll take a chance here with a moderately priced dog and see as good as Woodruff is, I don't think he's good enough to justify this sort of price. In my opinion, if this was Burns, I think this price makes a lot of sense. But as good as Woodruff is, he's no Corbin Burns. Burns is a solid step ahead of him, in my opinion. 
I don't think Woodruff's as good as Burns, so I don't think this price makes sense. A grade play for me on the Red Sox, and an A grade under on the nine. I like the minus 103. The model says 8.7. And Fenway's been pretty erratic as with regards to what type of park it's been. It's had some really, really high-scoring games, but it's had a lot of low-scoring games as well. This Brewers offense, like I said, is pretty hit or miss. I'm going to take a chance and say that they're going to be a little more missed tonight than hit. This Red Sox offense can score a few runs, but is a shell of itself. I think it's a lower-scoring game. I think somebody wins this game four to three. I don't know who, and since I don't know who, but either team can win a four to three type game. I love plus one forty eight on the Red Sox, and I love this under, as I don't think either team's going to be able to score too many runs. Obviously, in the back of your mind, there is the chance that the Brewers just hit a whole bunch of home runs. They can do that, but goodness, if they aren't hitting home runs, this offense is pretty bad and struggles to get on base. I don't think this is the right situation for them to be hitting a ton of home runs. I think Bellow is good enough that I think he can hold them down. Low-scoring game, anybody can win, so it's under and Red Sox for me there in Boston. 720 Eastern first pitch, Diamondbacks at the Braves, mid-80s to start, low-80s to close, as usual in the summer in Atlanta. Chance of a pop-up thunderstorm there, something to keep an eye on. Most likely scenario is you have no idea that there's any rain even in the area because you don't even see that at the ballpark. It's obviously what we're hoping for. Wind will be mostly across tonight. Maybe a slight breeze out to start, but it might be more across. So kind of an out slash across wind early. Might give a little bit of help to the hitters, but not by much. Madison Bumgarner versus Kyle Wright. Guy in Kyle Wright, who we've backed a lot this year, has been a lot of fun to be a part of the ride. He's given us 295 ERA, and the advanced metrics aren't that far behind it. He's a pretty dang good pitcher, in my opinion. Madison Bumgarner, a little bit overperforming this season. A guy we've backed early in the season when he was undervalued and mostly fading going on down the stretch or in the middle part of the season here. Like I mentioned before, we really have been zigzagging with the Braves. It's been all about the prices on them. I think have been kind of all over the map. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. There's been, we'll kind of like back the Braves for three in a row, then fade them for three in a row, back them for three in a row, fade them for three in a row. Back on the Braves here today after mostly, after fading them all three games against the Phillies. I think this price of 204 is a little too short. The model says 232. The Braves are at home. They have a better offense. They have much better relievers and they have the better starting pitching. I'm comfortable laying a price that starts with a two. It kind of aligns fairly similarly, in my opinion, to the Jays and the Yankees game, except the prices just don't make any sense. But in all three of these games, you've got a home team with a better starting pitcher, it, it, you know, maybe a better relief core, maybe not so much with the Blue Jays situation, but but there they make up for it with the offense. They have better offenses. All of these games, I'd be very comfortable laying a price like minus 204 here. It's just that for in some reason, the Yankees and Jays are getting having to lay an extra $1.50, which <laughs> blows my mind why it's that much. I don't see these games being that much different. Diamondbacks aren't good. The Tigers aren't good, and the Royals aren't good, and the Yankees, Jays, and Braves are. I, it, I don't see how they're that different. I mean, maybe a little bit, maybe a dime, maybe 20 cents, but $1.50 just makes zero sense to me. Again, model says 232. I'll take minus 204. It's borderline A grade. It's only not getting an A grade because we are having to lay such a price. And I'm not sure it's really worth a six-unit investment to win three. I think four to win two makes a lot more sense given how I'm scaling things. So it gets a B grade, but probability-wise, it's more of an A grade play. So something to keep an eye on here that it's A grade caliber with regards to the edge. This is all about scaling units because of the price we're laying. So do with that what you will. If you want to split your bet a little bit between money line and run line or, you know, wins and, you know, wins and regulation type plays, whatever your th first five, right? Whatever you're thinking here, like I said, this is an A-grade quality play. 
I just don't want to be overextended on the Braves having to wager that much. There, I do think they're the right side, though. Like I said, they have an edge every which way you look. And total-wise, the model says 9.1. I'll take a chance with the over 9 even money. I think there's a little bit of value because of even money, but not a lot. Kyle Wright's not really a guy that you want to be fading too much with regards to him giving up some runs. The Braves might score nine runs themselves, but that seems kind of unlikely, so we're probably going to need something from the Diamondbacks. Our best chance for this over probably involves the Braves' runaway, which I think is fairly likely. Braves getting up something like 6-1 to one early on, and then some of the weaker relievers coming in and giving up some garbage runs. I don't really love this over. Like I said, model says 9.1, so I'll take a chance on it. I like the even money. But otherwise, I think nine's the right number here. So it's not one that I really like going over or under on. Main play, back to Braves in my opinion. 8-10 Eastern first pitch, A's with the White Sox. Upper 70s to start, low 70s finish. Winds blowing mostly across and, and under 5 miles an hour. snow no wind effect here. And James Caprellian versus Lance Lynn, two pitchers that I don't really have a lot of faith in. I've talked about Caprellian. 474 ERA in the advanced metrics say it's a lot worse. He should be doing better than that, pitching most of his games in Oakland in my opinion. Lance Lynn in his eight games still has not figured it out to the tune of a 643 era. Now, the advanced metrics do have him more in the low four, so there maybe is a little hope for Lynn on the horizon. At some point, he will figure it out, but he definitely needed more rehab starts. He's still not a guy who I think is one you feel comfortable backing, trending in the wrong direction here. Um, a guy who, pro again, probably figures it out, but you just never know when he'll start getting that going. Like I said, I don't really like either starting pitcher here. I'll take the over eight with a B-grade play. Model says 8.2. I think there's a decent chance we push, and I think there's a decent chance we win this one. It's harder to see losing it. I don't really love the minus 115, but it's a B-grade over. I think the most likely scenario, is, like I said, is either win or push uh, here. So I think the over makes a lot of sense. With regards to the side, the model actually prices this exactly where the books do. Model says minus 182. So right now it says there's no value on either side. I'll take a flyer on the A's at plus 171 with the plus odds and say if Lance Lynn explodes again, the A's got a chance to win this. And if a team has any chance at plus 171, that's pretty good value that I think is worth it. Obviously, the White Sox relievers are a little bit better than the A's relievers. So the hope there is that the A's can get up early on Lynn, you know, be up something like four to three after six, and then hold on for dear life. If the White Sox have a lead after five, Probably doesn't bode well for the A's. Like I said, I don't think there's a lot of value. I'm not really excited about it, but I think the A's at plus 171, probably worth a flyer. I don't really like backing the White Sox here at these huge prices because I just don't trust Lance Lynn fully yet. 8 hey, Eastern first pitch. Our favorite team, the Mariners, couldn't get it done last night. Tied in the eighth and then blow it. It's facing their nemesis, the Astros, the only team that can seem to beat them. Robbie Ray versus Justin Verlander should be a solid pitching matchup here. The last time Ray pitched, the Astros really hit him hard. It'll be interesting to see if that happens again. Verlander with a 186 year. Right now, the advanced metrics say he's not that good again now from how many pitchers are, but obviously still a fantastic pitcher. The model likes Verlander more than Ray. The model, as much as it likes the Mariners' bullpen, thinks the Astros' bullpen's better and, of course, likes the Astros' offense better. And the Astros hit lefties better than right. He's been talking about this a lot with his team. They do have two really good lefties in Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker, but with Brantley out, they're a very right-handed heavy team. And so they projected you better against lefties. That gives them a little bit of a boost here. Model says the Astros are the side to play here, but doesn't like the price. Says Astros minus 170, so I'll take minus 171. Again, the price just isn't really that good here. 
But it's hard to fade Verlander. And as much as we've liked Robbie Ray, the Astros can hit him really well last time. I think the Astros are the side you want to be on. I just don't really love minus 171. And the run line is kind of the same issue. I just don't think there's a lot of value in it. So it's the side to play, in my opinion. I think it's okay if you want to lay the price with the Astros. But I just don't think it's a great investment. I think we're having to pay too much of a premium. So it's not one I want to be invested too heavily in. And I'll take the over seven. Model says 7.7 should be the right total. So it says that seven and a half is the right number. At minus 125, this is trending towards seven and a half. So it feels like we might be there soon enough. Only a lean though. I can't get too excited about an over given that Ray is still pretty solid. He's kind of figured it out and become a decent pitcher again here uh, over the middle of the season. And of course, Verlander can easily go seven, eight shutout innings. Can't get too excited about an over. So again, I think it's priced, I think it's priced too low. It's just I'm not, I can still not be that excited to go over. So I just don't think there's a great investment opportunity really in this game. It should be a good one. Obviously, anytime Robbie Ray's on the hill, the Mariners have a chance, but it's obviously uh, better if you have Verlander on the hill. So the game the Astros should win uh, should be a, an interesting one, see if the Mariners can actually solve the Astros. But uh, I think investment-wise, it's just not one that I think offers a lot of good opportunities. 840 Eastern first pitch, Dodgers at the Rockies. I think the Dodgers are still scoring runs on the Rockies from last night's game. Jose Urena, a guy we talked about, just the model did not believe in him. And uh, sure enough, he struggled uh, kind of finally. We've been fading him all season, you know, or since he's come back up here and uh, finally worked out for us backing the Dodgers there. Tonight it'll be mid 70s to start, low 70s to close. Wind's blowing out five to 10 miles an hour. Julio Urias versus Chad Kuehl. Uh, Urias to get a guy I think is not as good as his numbers, about a full run worse based off the advanced metric. Still a solid pitcher. Um, I just don't think he's great. Chad Kuhl, 440 ADRA, rates is below average. He's okay, and he's done okay in course field. Uh, but I still think there will be a lot of runs in this game. 11.5 I think is too low. It's a B-grade over. Model says 12.1. I think the Rockies score as opposed to last night. Rockies hit lefties really well. Uh, and, of course, Urias being a lefty. So I think that bodes well for the Rockies. I think that they can score some runs. Uh, Kuehl, I don't think is good enough to hold the Dodgers down, not in that park, not with a wind blowing out. I think there's a lot of runs in this one. Over 11.5 to be grade play. And I'll take a chance on the Rockies at plus 196. I think it's good enough odds. Just a lean, though. I don't think it's really worth more than the one-unit investment. Model says 196 is the right price. So basically just says it's Rockies or pass, unless this number comes down. If the number comes down and you're able to lay a number with the ones with the Dodgers, maybe that makes sense. But at the prices right now, a price like 215, just a little too steep for the Dodgers. Rockies might offer a little bit of value. Again, Kuhl's pitched okay in Coors. He's going to give up some runs to the Dodgers. But if he can just be mediocre against that good Dodgers offense, I think the Rockies, again, the way they hit lefties, I think they score some runs off Urias. Uh, should be a high-scoring game. Rocky's got a puncher's chance in this one. Plus 196 offers some good value here. I'll take a flyer and see if we can get the underdog to win there at home. 935 Eastern first pitch, Rangers at the Angels. Mid-70s to start, around 70 degrees to close. Martin Perez versus Patrick Sandoval, two really good pitchers here. Uh, two really good lefties on this one. So if you're staying up late, could be a pitcher's duel in this one. A game I think is priced pretty well. The model says Rangers minus 103. I'll take the Rangers at minus 106. I don't really think there's any value, though, in this one. Obviously, the Angels' offense is a shell of their um, April selves. This Rangers' offense is a little bit better. 
Um, but they're on the road that kind of balances that out. It's a coin tossy type game. I have no idea who wins. I'll back Perez because Perez has been more fun to back than Sandoval's been. But like I said, I think this game's priced really well. It's hard to figure out how either team has a big edge. Because like I said, the only difference between these two teams, in my opinion, is that the Rangers offense is better. But again, you're playing the game in Anaheim. So like laying minus 106, even though you have the better offense, but you're on the road, I don't know. Like I said, it's just not that exciting to me. Both starting pitchers are good. They rate very similar. Both bullpens aren't. I don't know what happens in this game. I'll take a chance with the Rangers. But again, at this price, I don't really think it's worth much of an investment. And the same thing with the total. The model does say 7.9. But with these two pitchers, I'm a little nervous. It's kind of like the Mariners-Astros game. Model likes over. I'm just downgrading it from what the model would say a B to a lean. Just because, again, both of these pitchers, you could see a game like last night that's 2-0. So I like the even money. I think over is the right side here. I just, again, I'm not that comfortable playing it, so I can't get to a B grade there. Again, I think there's just better investment opportunities on the night for us. 940 Eastern first pitch, Twins at the Padres. The upper 60s to start, mid-60s to close. Winds staying under five miles an hour. Joe Ryan versus Blake Snell. Joe Ryan, not as good as that 289 ERA, about a run higher according to the advanced metrics. The biggest thing with Joe Ryan, though, of course, is that the advanced metrics don't like him as much because he's a fly ball pitcher and they expect him to give up some more home runs. Tonight, I don't think is that night, though. Not in San Diego, not in not at night, not in July. It sets up to be a real pitcher-friendly night with regards to a fly ball pitcher. And so I think that that's going to help out Joe Ryan. I think that he actually projects tonight to be better than if he was playing, you know, in Denver or if he's playing in Atlanta or something else in a July night. This kind of sets up really well for him in that park versus Blake Snell, a pitcher who not as bad as that 475 ERA. The advanced metrics think it should be a full run better. The model says these pitchers are equivalent, though. Again, I think I give the edge to Joe Ryan, and I think the environment sets up really well for him. Twins' offense is better than the Padres' offense. I have no faith, really, in either bullpen. I think the Twins at plus money makes a lot of sense. It's a small edge, but it's a good enough edge, in my opinion, to give this an A grade. Model thinks the Twins should be road favorites, and I tend to agree. Both of these teams are kind of confusing. Both of these teams win a bunch of games and make you think they're good, and then they lose a bunch of games, and you go, no, they're garbage. Padres, of course, just lost two out of three to Detroit. Could have lost all three of those games. The Twins have had similar stretches. It's not that I think either team is good or or great. Both teams are good. Both teams are solid. Both teams have a lot of question marks. I just think the pitching matchup favors the Twins, and the Twins' offense is better. I think the Twins should be favored in this game, even though they're on the road. Plus 104, anything even money plus odds makes a lot of sense. It gets small edge, but one I really like and want to exploit here that I think Joe Ryan can have a good night there in Petco Park. With regards to the total, I'll take the over 7.5. Model says 7.8, but again, not one I'm really confident in. I think a lot of these totals are starting to get really accurate as opposed to early on in the season when I think they were missing. Starting to nail these totals, in my opinion. There's just harder to find value on them. I think 7.5 is the right number for this. Kind of lean over, but again, on a July night in Petco, it's not one that I'm very confident in uh, because this could easily be a 3-1 to one game and nobody would be surprised. So again, main investment here, I think, is the Twins. And then to close us off, 10-15 Eastern first pitch, Cubs at the Giants, upper 50s all night. Wind blowing out about 10 miles an hour, but probably not going to affect things too much, other than maybe a third baseman drops a pop fly and completely changes the course of the game. 
other than that, <laughs> at least the win will be as strong as it was last night, hopefully avoiding that fate. Again, Cubs should have won last night if that ball gets caught or the batter after that hits a 80-foot you know, swinging bunt single that doesn't quite roll foul. You take a couple of bad luck things like that away from the Cubs back-to-back or from the Giants back-to-back. They only scored one run last night. The Cubs win that game. I think the Cubs got a really good chance to win this one as well. Marcus Stroman versus Alex Cobb, two pitchers that the model likes and thinks are much better than their ERAs. Stroman, model thinks it should be about a full run better than his ERA. Cobb, closer to a run and a half. Again, I like both of these pitchers. Both these offenses, though, right above average. Cubs bullpen, though, is the big advantage in this one. Plus 129 just makes no sense, in my opinion. The model says it's a coin toss game. And, and I tend to agree. I, I, don't, I don't understand this line. Last night's line, I think people missed the lefty-righty split. And again, if you take that one thing away, we nailed that one. But tonight really confuses me. Giants minus 139 – I'm not, I don't think the Cubs are that great, but the Giants have performed worse over the last month than the Cubs have. And it's not that the Cubs have been good. I know they had that little winning streak, but they had a massive losing streak before that. And the model kind of treats that the same. And the model's not like, oh, yeah, you've been winning. The model's like, hey, you won some, but you also lost some and, and doesn't really do much. The Giants have just mostly been losing. They haven't been very good as of late. I don't see how they're that good of a team. I mean, you might give the Giants a slight edge on offense here. I'm fine with that. But the biggest discrepancy in this game is the relievers and Cobb isn't really a guy that I trust to go seven innings. He's most likely scenarios. He goes five. I mean, you have four innings of the giants bullpen here. I just one thirty nine on the giants says you give the giants home field advantage. And then it says that on top of that, the giants are still a decent bit better. And I'm like, maybe if the bullpens didn't matter and you only played five innings, I sure, I absolutely believe that. But the relievers here matter. This Giants bullpen is terrible. The Cubs relievers are solid. Again, you do have, you never know if someone's going to get traded in the middle of the day here as we approach the deadline. But this line makes no sense to me. This is a coin tossy type game. Plus 129 makes a lot of sense here. A great play on the Cubs. With regards to the total, I'll take a flyer on the over. Another one that I think is priced fairly well. The model says 7.6. Giants bullpen is going to be prominently involved. So I think in that case, the over is the way to go. The over has hit more with the Giants this year. Partially the people, you know, a lot, and myself included, a little bit slow to realize just the changes that park uh, happened in that park would make it be a little more hitter-friendly. On top of that, just a little slow to realize how bad the Giants' bullpen is and that this Giants' offense is decent. I think seven and a half is too low. Like I said, I like both starting pitchers, but Giants' bullpen involved and the Giants' offense being decent. I think there's enough runs in this game to get over. C-plus pick, almost a B-grade pick. Just couldn't quite get there. Plus odds, maybe, would be the thing to do it rather than even money. Just couldn't quite get to a, to a B pick. But, again, I think the over makes a lot of sense there, uh, given the Giants, again, mostly an over team um, this season, especially with these really low numbers like that. And so that's all the games. I'll recap the A plays for you. A lot more than yesterday, a lot more on the slate today, a lot more than I like on the slate today. Yesterday's slate was a lot harder to peg, in my opinion. we got the Cards and Nats over 9. Got the Tigers, Blue Jays over eight. Got the Guardians at plus 105 at the Rays. The Red Sox plus 148, home against the Brewers, and the under nine in that game. I've got the Twins plus 104 at the Padres, and the Cubs plus 129 at the Giants. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. 
A reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link in more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. And I'll see you tomorrow. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.